Welcome back. Joining me for Trade of the Week is independent analyst Luis Ompeta. This week, we focus on the JSE, and Luisa has technical analysis on property stocks. We look at Growth Point, Nepi Rock Castle Properties, and Resilient Properties. Luisa, good afternoon to you. Thank you so much for your time. All right, let's talk about um, these three stocks. First of all, why you chose them? Well, I think um, more than anything, the property sector has been under pressure for the last, what, five, six years. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, when you look at investing, especially for the long term, you really want to look at those sectors which are currently lagging behind the market in general. Mm -hmm. Now, those um, laggards, as we refer to them, can provide opportunity in the long term if you are patient. So I think that um, from those lagging sectors, especially when you look at it from 2020, after that massive um, COVID-19 sell-off in March, we've seen a very strong recovery in the JSE across other sectors. But um, the, the property sector has been a bit subdued. But I think looking forward, this is where you could see opportunity. All right, so let's take a look at these quants and exactly what the numbers are telling us. Yeah, so interestingly enough, um, so I'm looking at um, all three counters versus the JSE from a weekly perspective. And this data is from 2020, and we can see that it captures that um, horrid March 2020 sell-off, um, which was uh, triggered by the COVID-19 outbreak. Now we can see the JSE in black has recovered significantly since then, and it's up about 25% to date from uh, 2020. But all three of the property counters are actually still in negative territory, meaning they have not recovered um, from that 2020 um, starting point. And we can see growth point especially, it's down almost 36% from 2020, and NAPI in orange about 15%, and resilient about 20%. But what's even more interesting is when you look at these returns and losses from a distribution um, frequency. We can see here we have a classic textbook bell-shaped curve and we have very, very thin tails both on the gains and on the losses. And we have a very, very large observation in the centers. So what this means is if you're looking at these counters, you're not looking for your big gainers like your 10, 15 percent per week gainers. Um, also on the losses, you're not looking at uh, big losses. So these are very, very stable, conservative movers um, with average gains per week of say zero to five percent on both the gains and the losses which is what we see from this very very high number of observations centered in the bell curve and when we run regressions we can see that growth point has a beta coefficient of 0 0.9 and the market has a beta of one so growth point has a uh, has a slightly less volatility than the market R squared 0 0.29, so the correlation insignificant, which is what you want in terms of diversification. So these counters have got no, a very little relationship relative to the overall market. Napier Rock Castle, beta 1.01, so almost the same as the market. Um, R squared 0 0.33, so again, correlation um, negligible, really. And lastly, resilient beta of 0 0.84, um, R squared 0 0.29. So again, in a nutshell, these are relatively moderate vol uh, um, volatility counters, very, very modest in terms of gains and losses, ranging between minus 5 to 5% per week, and very good for diversification as they have a very, very low correlation relative to the JSE. All right, so let's now get into um, the technical analysis of, of, of these um, stocks. So technicals, as we always say, really answer the question, should I buy now? And when I look at growth point, and I always like to look at 
uh, say 10, 15 years where possible from a technical perspective because you, you get to see the bigger picture in terms of the cycle. Now we can see Growth Point had a significant peak back in 2013. The share moved relatively sideways and made another peak five years later in 2018 and then had this very, very strong sell-off, which was exacerbated in March 2020 by the COVID-19 sell-off. So we can see that even when COVID happened, the share was already in a bear market. Mm. So that COVID-19 really just exacerbated it. And when I look at this from an earlier trade perspective, I see this um, sideways movement unfolding in an ABC, ABC, and currently this strong sell-off, I'm tentatively labeling it as an impulse here, one or A, two or B, three or C. But what's even more concerning for me is when I look at price action from that March 2020 bottom, it has generally moved sideways, which is consistent with a triangle from an earlier trade perspective. Mm. So going forward, I'm a bit cautious on growth point, And I think there is a possibility that we could see one more sell off to complete the five waves. And when I zoom in now from a daily perspective, there is potential for a reversal as we have here what we call uh, price MACD convergence. Mm -hmm. But, and also we have this breakout from this um, resistance trend line. But I will only be concerned or, or, or sort of get some positive vibes if, well, uh, positivity, if the share price were to break above 16.10. But if you do want to buy growth point, I would certainly use a stop loss at 12.65. And when it comes to Napier Rock Castle, listed back in 2017, had a bit of a rally um, to peak at just above 211 and had this very, very strong sell-off, which also bottomed in March 2020. And those who've been following Napier for a while will know that back in 2018, there was also a report by Viceroy Research, which basically cast a lot of doubt in terms of their business model and their reporting. But since then, having weathered that storm, I am seeing some positivity in, in the sense that this bear market has unfolded in what I've labeled ABC, which is a zigzag, which would imply that a bottom is in at 49.90. Oh. So looking forward, I'm looking at this uh, technical structure as a wave one, two, and then a lower degree wave one, two. So looking forward, I am positive on Nepi Rock Castle from a technical and cyclical perspective. And if you do buy at current market levels, I'd recommend a stop loss at 78.29. And lastly, resilient, similar story, peaked in 2018, very, very strong sell-off, bottomed in November 2020. And likewise, ABC zigzag, I believe that at 29.98, we have a significant long-term bottom. And currently, this share price is not as aggressive as Nepi, but I do believe that um, going forward, it does provide upside potential. And that is pretty much the technical outlook. All right, let's look at the fundamentals um, of these stocks. So just to emphasize, you know, mm. when it comes to fundamentals, mm. similar to your banks, mm. I think the, the, the retail or your property counters are one of the more complex counters to analyze. So from a fundamental perspective, one really needs to understand the business model of each of these counters because some focus on retail, mm -hmm. some have a hybrid of retail and student accommodation. If you look at Growth Point, they also have an asset management business. You look at NAPI, all their exposure is in Central Europe and you look at what's happening now in Ukraine with the war. So one really has to have a very, very deep understanding of the business models before you invest in these counters. But to take a general or, or generic um, 
overview, just a tip of the iceberg. One of the key matrices or, or key matrix that I like to look at is the first one is loan to value. So loan to value says how much loan was taken to purchase or acquire a property and what is its actual value. So when you have a low loan to value, that's actually what you want. So the lower the value, the better. But just because, for example, say Resilient has got a better loan to value doesn't necessarily mean that it's a better business. So you also need to understand what each individual company's benchmark is. Mm -hmm. So that's how you look at loan to value. The next one is cash flow to attributable income. And what I like here is to have a value which is above one. But it, it does fluctuate a lot. But I think when you look at growth point, I like the trend that I'm starting to see. It is starting to break up or, or break out above that 0.5 and approaching that one. And we can see with resilient as well, it is starting to trend upwards, though it's still below zero. And NAPI has been a bit more volatile, but uh, has a record of um, above one. The next one is dividend cover. Now this simply says how much of the company's earnings can be covered by dividends. And when it comes to this real um, estate investment trust, they really dividend plays if you buy them from a fundamental perspective. So you can see here growth point very, very strong and also nappy and resilient pointing in the right direction and return on total assets. Um, again, um, looking at what investors are getting out of the assets bit of a tipsy-turvy on, on, on this one, but growth point um, a, a bit moderate, um, NAPI a bit volatile and resilient has been sort of sloping downwards over the last two years. But most importantly for me, you want to look at the distributions history. And this is the, the dividends that has been declared by each uh, company. I think from a distributions perspective, you can see um, all three counters very, very solid, very, very consistent dividend payers, which is to be expected from a real estate investment uh, company. But yeah, this sort of is the um, overview that one should look at from a fundamental perspective. But I think um, all three counters, very, very solid, very, very well diversified uh, businesses. And there has been an uptick recently in terms of um, new leases and lease renewals at better rates as well. And I think that sort of bodes well um, for the counters going forward. And we are starting to see return in, in, in terms of um, pre-pandemic levels. Uh, so I think going forward, a very positive um, outlook on the property stocks. Now, before I let you go in, there's two questions. And the first one is, you know, the way in which commercial property is consumed is very different. So obviously we're not talking about those businesses that might have um, predominantly student accommodation. That kind of remains the same. But office space and so on, that really isn't going to be consumed the same ever again. So let's talk about that and, um, you know, how that might impact companies like the three we've taken a look at. You know, that is a very interesting question because... If anything, we have learned that it is possible to work from home mm. and most people actually seem to be enjoying working from home. If you look at fuel costs in South Africa, people are saving a lot without having to travel um, to the offices. But um, for, for newer, younger businesses that still have to build that rapport within their staff, I think it will be critical to have that um, office uh, presence. So these type of companies will really need to relook at their model as well as their pricing to be able to attract um, the younger companies to say, guys, here's some office space available. It's certainly at a discount compared to what it was a few years back. But I don't think you can totally write that off. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I do think that um, there still will be a need or a requirement for personnel to 
be office-based and not fully um, at home. Yeah, I think a balance definitely mm -hmm. um, works better. And then also just about real um, um, real estate investment businesses, companies, trusts. Um, you know, recently lots of REITs have come under fire with the JSE. Let's just talk about those that requirement of 75% of distributor income must be paid out as shares, which is what makes them such important vehicles. Is this, is this really tripping some of these real investment companies up? Well, I wouldn't say so because when you register as such, mm. you know the requirements up front. So that uh, distribution, which is what we're seeing here, is pretty much what um, talks to that. So if you look at NAPI and Resilient, they still have a 100% uh, payout ratio, whereas Growth Point, to combat some of the liquidity issues, I think about a year or two back, they cut down their payout ratio to 80%. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, to be listed as such, you have to comply. So that uh, is, is like... It, uh, it, it is what it is, but I think if you look at the history, they've managed uh, more than um, well enough to meet that requirement. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time, Larissa. Always a pleasure um, catching up with you. That was independent analyst Larissa Mpesa bringing us the technical analysis on some of the JSE's property stocks.